0: Power Media Network is a progressive moving platform to give a voice to those who feel don't have one. PMN's core mission is to provide a safe and positive creative space for creatives to flourish to their highest potential. Do you have a business, brand, or even a creative idea? Power Media Network can help you design a strategy to make your brand impactful to your target demographic and take your business to the next level. Visit www com today to schedule a free consultation. Pyramedia Network, next level media. Hi, you've reached Kwame. And Christy. And we're from I'd Rather Not Podcast. Leave a message. Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody, welcome to the show. The rules of engagement are really quite simple. So if you
0: can pull yourself away from Grinder for two seconds... Listen up. Let's have a kinky. I want to have a kinky. Lock the door. Let's have a kiki. What's going on, listeners? We're back with another episode of I'd Rather Not Podcast. I'm your host, Kwame, joined by the beautiful, the talented, the glittericious, the queen herself, Christy Champagne. What up, boo? What's going on, girl? Oh, you know, just sipping on our
2: coffee this morning, doing our thing. You know how we do. Oh, we have coffee? Okay, Ooh. we're doing coffee. There may be Kahlua
0: in there, but I'm not
2: going to... Oh. Either uh, deny or say that there is.
0: Look, it's twelve o'clock somewhere, and you know, and you know what? Mm-hmm. Um, for today's show, you may need it, so I, I totally we, understand. We, I was just, gonna, <laughs> I was just going to say, we're definitely going to need a little um, alcoholic yes. libation today, for yes. sure. Um, so, so today, for those who have listened to our first episode um, of the series uh, called La Faux. Um, part one, we talked about our, our experience when we were cast members there. Um, uh, we talked about, you know, our viewpoints in terms of our experience when we were there. Um, I know that Christy did, uh, speak on what she has heard from some of the queens uh, that she's close with there. I'm no longer in Seattle, uh, so I have a pulse on everything that's going on there. However, I do have some friends that I keep up with um, there. And one of those awesome people that we talk to um, on a regular basis is Queen Andrew Scott. Who is also the most sweetheartest people in the world? Like she, yes. she, she, okay. she cute girl! she cute, you know, she, she, she sweet, she sure sweetheart, is. you know, um, one of one of the people who who made my experience, um, as a dancer, there very um, uh, comfortable uh, was was always you know trying to keep us uh, motivated when when things were going stressful, kept us in line when it came to you know the routines and you know, um, was for the at least for the guys was like. In my, in my opinion, our dance captain. <laughs> um, but right. also, um, after a while, um, he elevated to a primary status. So, which is a, um, for those who don't know, as far as the. I guess, hierarchy and also the structure of Uh You had your dancers, your staff, uh, and then you had primaries, which were the drag queens um, and the, the, the celebrity impersonators, impersonators there. Um, and so uh, he became a primary. Um, and so he is actually one of the people um, that banded together to um, kind of, I, I don't want to say strike, but walk out on, Um, uh, LaFoe, and I don't want to, you know, talk too much about it because I want to give him the opportunity to tell his side of the story, to, uh, express why, um, he felt, you know, this was something that he needed to do and, and just kind of vibe with him a little bit and, um, and stuff like that. So, uh, Christy, what are your thoughts about having him on today? Because I know it's, it, you, this has been a, a stressful situation just even talking about it. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, part one, we
2: talked about our yeah. experiences and we talked about how important we thought it was to get the aspect of what is going on from somebody who's dealing with yeah. this now. And that person is Andrew, um, yeah. especially being the person in that in that cast at the moment that has been there the longest. Yeah. Um, I think it's super important to have him on and let him basically tell what happened to him? You know, we talked about what happened to us and that was, you know, years ago. And now I think it's super important to get both sides of the story and really get him on to have him, you know, speak his truth essentially.
0: Yeah. So without further ado, y'all, let's bring on the amazing, the talented, the sweetheart, the savage, the fierce, <laughs> Queen Andrew Scott. <laughs> Welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited. We're excited of to course, have you. No. And thank you for your kind words and your introduction. I, I love both of you so much. Um, yeah, hearing... Uh, part one was uh, there were things that I forgot about that had happened to both of you. And it just, Oh yeah. It just made my heart grow even more. Cause I was like, gosh, we have been through some stuff in that place. Haven't we? So. It.
2: <laughs> well, before, even before we get into all the tea and spilling the whatever it may be, I have to say, um, Andrew that, you know, we've known each other for a while and just seeing how hard you've been working these last, let's say what year and a half, or so, and how much you progress, and how much you've taken your already talent and pushed it even further. It just makes me really proud as your friend and as your like pseudo drag aunt <laughs> to see you like just doing really, really, really good and and just living like just being awesome
1: and and pushing your talent to its limits. Yeah. You know. Thank you, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I've just. Been approaching drag with so much fun and so much ease. I think <laughs> I used to be so anxiety ridden, and it just kind of stifled me in my creativity with drag. So now I'm just having fun with it, and I'm tapping into my Latin roots, and I'm just allowing whatever inspires me to come out and not worry so much what people are thinking. Mm. Um, which is actually funny because now people are enjoying it a lot more. So, <laughs> thank you. I, I'm glad it's showing, and I'm just yeah, I'm having a great time.
0: It's funny how that works, huh? Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but, and and I, and I say that not to be not to be snidey, but 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 also, <laughs> um, but I, I, I feel like you were there like during my iteration when i was there you know so so like i think mm-hmm. one of the things that really hit the cast really hard was enrique's passing um and so so and one of the the reasons why i loved the cast was because mm-hmm. of the way he brought me in um and in terms of 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 his kike was 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 such a a light um and and so mm-hmm. and and such a I, I wanted to emulate his 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 confidence because mm-hmm. at so many times he was being thrown shade by certain people and you know who they are in terms of, of like, you know, how he looked and, and his weight and all that stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the same pressure was being applied to me. And he said, I'm going to continue to dance. I'm going to continue to do what the hell I'm going <laughs> to do. And you're going to like it <laughs> or not. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? And... and and, and and I remember one time where I was um being fitted for my um the bodysuit for my uh uh hooping. And it's funny because I look back like I'm way bigger than I was then. And I look back at it and I was like, I I thought I was fat. Are you kidding? I was so skinny. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it aggravates me. But um but because i was like you know that that person kept you know telling me you know oh you're too big or you know we need to you need to lose a little weight and i don't think he realized the amount of of stuff that i was doing just to to appease him um Mm -hmm. and i remember one time kike you know um uh coming over i was in the corner and i was just on my phone while pretending to be on the phone i was like i was actually crying And Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he walked over to me he was like bitch are you okay? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah. He's like, don't let that put that get you in, in in uh in any type of, you know, make you feel any type of way. Like, you're you good, girl. Be yeah. cute. Get <laughs> your fat ass Sounds up and dance. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so, and I remember and, and I remember just busting out laughing, and I needed that. And after that, I stopped caring so much about. What he was telling me, because at the end of the day, people loved when I when I was on stage doing the hooping and stuff like that. So if they mm-hmm. if the audience loved it, if they were cheering, if they were happy about it, then it's fine. I don't why. why people loved seeing us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From the from the primaries to the backup dancers to to the specialty acts, all of that, everything that was going on was was being enjoyed. Um, by the by, the audience, and by the time we were halfway through, anyway, these girls were already drunk, so they they didn't know <laughs> left from right, so it didn't even matter. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> so
0: you know, I say all that because you know, it, it, it's 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 funny how like when you leave a toxic situation, um, how much stronger and much more of your eyes open to certain things. So. Mm-hmm. But I want to, I want to kind of jump right into your story and, and kind of like, first of all, what happened with the current cast of the primaries mm-hmm. that, that, that has um, uh, kind of went on strike or, or has left. Um, uh, and, and what was your experience at the time? What led to that? You know, mm-hmm. um, just kind of tell us your story.
1: Yeah. So um, we started meetings for Julia's back in like, I think February, via Zoom, and the cast was me, Irene, Victoria, Andrea, oh, and Soraya, and we were the only queen so far. There was other queens that kind of came in and out of the jump, Mila, mm-hmm. Liseviana, um, Amora, but um, the final cast was the four I mentioned previously, plus Um So anyway, we came back to Julia's with the understanding, you know, that we were coming out of COVID, and um, we were going to be getting paid $50 a show, and that our tips would be pulled and separated amongst performers. So, you know, we were okay with that. We were all just excited to get out of COVID and to come back and perform. Um, So show started, it was interesting because of of all the restrictions we had to wear masks for the first few weeks during our numbers. Um, But as things lessened, um, it got a little bit more, uh, much easier, we still weren't able to go into the crowd and collect our tips. So everything was Venmo as well as um, like a cash bucket. So um, we originally wanted to have our individual Venmo's like on a card or posted during our numbers so that we could get our tips separately. But of course (laughs) the owner wanted it all to be pulled and then separated on his, his terms. So, so we agreed to it. It was fine around, I think I would say, April or May, um, we were told that as capacity began to increase, we would see our pay increase. And chairs got added, and people got added, and pay did not increase. So I kept my mouth shut. I thought, okay, maybe we're not making as much money. Like, I'll still keep taking the $50, whatever. And of course, by this point, around like May-ish, we're starting already all of our um, all of our shows. So we're doing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, both LaFouche and right. brunch. So. Me and Irene were in all four shows all weekend, and then the other girls were in two. So, I mean, just kind of jumping to the point, we received a text on July 8th from the owner to the entire staff. This is Cass. This is lighting and sound dressers. And so he is saying, now that we're going back to full time, we need to discuss tipping because the last couple of weeks have been kind of a shit show. So the girls got together in a group chat and we said, we want to go back to the way it was. We'll have a money bag. We'll sell dollars before the show. That way the audience has ones to tip us. And then we exchange those at the end of the show and just keep doing that every time tips, only going to the Queens who then tip out their performers. That's how it's always been at Julia's. Right. Christy can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Tips were always done individually. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: we just wanted to go back to that. So we, sent a text back saying, this is what we want to do. Everyone agreed to it. We thought it would be like, okay, yeah, just get that started, we'll go ahead. But then we received another text from the owner saying, well, I don't want to just hear from the queens, I want to hear from everybody. To which we thought was was weird because we didn't ever talk to lighting and sound about tipping. We never talked to the dressers about tipping. They never had anything to do with the money bag. I don't even know if they put money in the money bag. Um, <laughs> we just thought it was weird.
0: Uh- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to 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 clarify, because <laughs> why is lighting and sound or any of the, the staff involved in the cast members tipping? Exactly. It would have been different if it was the dancers like that, that. OK, I get it. But that would be I remember how how we did it back then, where it was like if you were in somebody's number, you would go to that queen mm-hmm. and you would work that out with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it was always. At the end of the night. At the end yeah. of the night. And, and, and it was always a, but it was always up to the Queens how they mm-hmm. divvied that up. You know what I'm saying? Because so the primaries were the ones that dealt with tipping with, 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 exactly. with, with the owner. It was never anybody else involved.
1: And it's it's worth noting that we started this whole tipping system because he did not want to deal with it anymore. Because he wanted it out of his hands. Right. And he said, I don't want to do this. The Queens, you need to handle this. Yeah. So Christy and Kalina um, came up with the money bag situation. Right. And we that's just how it had been for, what, like two years, three years?
2: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe to clarify for listeners who don't understand what we mean when we say money bag, essentially what we did is like a server... When you're a server at a restaurant, you bring your own bank, essentially. You bring your own money to make change. That's what we did. We all put our own money into a bag that then was used to divvy out to the audience to allow them to tip. And then we cycled through it every single week, um, blah, 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 um, like that. I just wanted to clarify that. But yeah, no, Perfect. we yeah. we did that. We, we were told we had to be in charge of it. He wanted nothing to do with it. And so we we started that as mm-hmm. as
1: performers. Exactly. So we just wanted to go back to that. And so when it got brought up that he wanted to hear from everybody, it was revealed by one of the dancers that lighting sound, which is one person, was getting tipped out. Dressers were being tipped out, mm-hmm. which I believe was just one at the moment. And then the stage manager. What? And <laughs> it just, this has never happened before, ever. <laughs> so... It caught everyone off guard. Now, I will say that in a meeting in around, around May, Eladio did tell the performers that he had been tipping out Michael, who's the lighting and sound guy. And it caused concern for me because I was like, wait, what? Like, our tips are going to the light guy. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. A lot of the queens don't remember him saying it. And to be honest, I don't blame them because those meetings are awful. And all he does is yell and make people yeah. feel bad. <laughs> um, and so people kind of just tune out because it's just negative. So I get it, but I did hear it and I thought it was weird, but nobody said anything. So, in my natural fashion of being afraid of getting yelled at or seeming selfish, I just didn't say anything at the time. So that I will say, but none of the other girls knew. So back to the whole text messaging thing. So then we all basically said we weren't aware these people were being tipped out, um, like, this doesn't make sense. To which we got a very long text message back from him saying, you know, if you guys don't want to tip these people out, that's on you. You need to look beyond yourselves. You often take a lot of people for granted. You take me for granted when I see the dressing room look like shit and blah, 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 blah. And it was just another instance of (laughs) him making the queens feel like stuck-up selfish divas in front of the rest of the cast so that he doesn't get caught doing what he's doing. Which was a
2: regular occurrence. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. And we, we had just had enough, you know? It was just little things boiling up to this point in terms of when we reopened. But we had all come back to the show with this new sense of excitement and enthusiasm and support and... Like I, I really wish you guys could have seen how the dressing room was operating because, you know, just queens supporting each other, giving each other things, sitting down for minutes at a time, just complimenting each other back and forth. You know, it was just such a good vibe. And so when something like this came along from the owner who was disrespecting us very blatantly and then trying to get away with it yet again, it's it's going back to what we were talking about, how, um, you know, just things kind of unfolding. And when you choose the right path, things work out. And so this just felt like, you know what, we're not disrespecting each other. We're not disrespecting the wait staff, the cooks, the audience members. So then why are we accepting disrespect from the owner? And so we just said, we're done. So we got together. <clears throat> we said, let's write a list of requests. And the original idea was to sit down and have a conversation. But I mean, Christy, you know this very well. Anytime yep. more than one person tries to sit down with Eladio, he, he says you're ganging up on him. He says, yes. oh, I was bombarded. I had no idea.
2: Yep. yep, Absolutely. Yeah. And and I was thinking about an instance that, that happened um, years and years and years ago that may have triggered his response to that. Because when I lived here in 2009 and was here with Chanel... Um, we basically, Chanel you know, basically, after a year, decided she didn't want to work there anymore and was going to be moving back to California and pulled him to our home to tell him that she was going to be leaving and that three of us were going to be going with her. And he freaked out. He left. We basically, you know, had him over to our house and said, hey, like, this is what's happening. My contract is up and I'm going to be leaving and I'm going to be taking Chris and Jayla and Mark um, at the time with me. And um, he freaked out. And so I think ever since then, whenever he gets confronted like that, his response is to leave. Like, he just fights or he argues basically like, and so he's, there's definitely a pattern of that. The second you get him cornered or come at him, he definitely, you know, will find a way out of
1: it. Exactly. So like with us knowing that we, we were just, you know, people were on edge. All the Queens were scared. We're like, when do we do this? How do we send this list to him? You know, do I send it? Cause I've been there the longest, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> in our fear, we decided to send the message both um, from a random email um, or email that he had not seen before. And then an anonymous number because we didn't want to receive the backlash personally, any one of us. Mm-hmm. So we did that. So Friday morning after every, this all happens on Thursday, we create the list Friday morning, the Queens are like, let's wait till Monday, maybe to sit down with him. Um, just cause we don't know if we want to do this on a show day. and <clears throat> this is where I finally kind of really jumped in and I said, you know, I have seen Queens time and time again band together and say, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. And it never works out yep. because a lot sometimes sneaks in and grabs one and butters them up or, a, a you know, the culture of fear sinks in and Queens don't want to lose their job. They don't know what's going to happen if they choose to make that decision. And so, Right. It just has never worked, and so I just a told him, "You know what? And <laughs> it's either now or never. We have to make the decision to stand up for ourselves. Yes, and we have to yeah. confront it face value, like face value. Otherwise, we're going to just do another whole weekend of full shows, and then once Monday or Tuesday rolls around, and we have a conversation with him, we're still going to get yelled at. We're still probably going to get fired, and we've just done all this work for little pay again." <clears throat> Exactly. And so yeah. they were like, you know what, let's, let's do it. And, and I just want everyone to know as well that like this, it did not come up from a place of anger or um, wanting to tear somebody down or ruin an establishment. Yeah. We had just had enough and we were yeah. tired and we had hoped so much that the things would change and that things would continue to get better. But this was a clear indication that it wasn't going to. So we, we constructed that list of demands, or not demands, requests, to which mm-hmm. once we send it, and just, I, I think you guys already read the list, um, but if you want me to go through it again, I can. Yes. Um, no, no, we read it on the last episode. Perfect, yeah, yeah, I had, yeah. Um, so we sent the list from an anonymous number. Within a minute, I kid you not, less than a minute, he responds saying, not going to happen.
2: Of course. Classic response. Because
1: he's king
2: king of the like three to one word response answers
1: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so then we were like okay what do we do now like so then i said you know what i will send a message to the group chat that we're all a part of message basically said the text you received this morning via email and chat or text message was from the cast we are open to negotiations if negotiations are not feasible and effective immediately where we are not performing in both LaFoe and throwback brunch. And I put respectfully the primaries. He responded saying, okay, show's canceled.
0: So wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to get clarification because th- there seems to be a a narrative that you guys left <laughs> no. um, as opposed to what you're st- stating Um, And what some of the other queens are stating that that you guys were fired or terminated.
1: Yeah, so that's something we want to make very clear here. Um, We we did not do a walkout. We did not do a strike. We didn't threaten to have our requests met or we would not perform. None of that ever happened. (laughs) Um, We... Yeah, we sent the list of requests, right? Which were a, a jumping off point. Um, Christy was on point during the first part of this, where she said, "You start high in hopes of when they bring it down, you're already more so than where you were."
2: Yes, that's that's just how negotiations work. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just it's like that's that's <laughs> like, like common for anything: buying a car, <laughs> <and> getting <laughs> exactly. a loan. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, so we were like, let's start at three hundred and. Like, we'll hope he talks down to 250 or 200. That's already miles ahead of where, you know, we were. So anyway, um, but yeah, so I think what's getting misconstrued here is that we were very direct in that if we could not discuss the terms, then we would not feel comfortable performing. Because if you can't even have a conversation about my value and about my worth, then I don't need to perform for you. I don't need to spend all my money and my time and my energy and my passion for what I do for you just so that you can increase your pocketbook and then give me the scraps. Mm
2: -hmm. So,
1: so we were direct and I will own that, but we had to be because I was so tired of walking on eggshells for this person. We were thinking, do we sit down with him one-on-one? Does Irene do it by herself? Do I do it by myself? Do we do it in front of the whole cast? And I'm like, look at us trying to walk on eggshells for this person. Let's just be direct and say, hey, this is what we would like. Let's discuss it. Oh, you can't discuss it? Then guess what? You don't deserve my talent. That's where it stems from. So we did not walk out. We said, let's discuss this. He said, okay, the shows are canceled, meaning I don't want to discuss this. And losing shows this weekend is more important than discussing this with you. So then we, in that moment, said, okay, well, then we need to make a statement to the public because they're going to wonder what's going on. And if we don't say anything yet again, then he's just going to find another group of girls and continue the same stuff. So the girls all came over to my apartment and we were constructing the statement to send out. And as we were doing that, he sends us another text saying, I'm so sorry, you no longer want to be a part of LaFoe. You are all free to do whatever you want to do. You are now released from LaFoe Productions. At that point, he fired us. Right? right. We hadn't really... Yeah, so we were fired. We didn't yeah. walk out. We didn't do anything. Um, and so we were like, okay, well, now we're really going to release the statement to the public. Um, and then we receive a series of texts, of pictures of our stuff in boxes.
2: And so I read this in the article in the SGN. I saw the picture in... Um, For our Seattle listeners who know what the SGN is, it's our local gay newspaper there was a picture that they put of that you guys gave them of your stuff packed up. So what I'm hearing is that before he even told you that you guys were going to be
1: no longer needed, he had already packed up your guys' stuff, right? Oh, oh, yeah. The I'm I know the minute the shows were canceled and even before he probably sent the fired text message Uh that he was, he was already like on his way to Julius to start. Cause that's a lot of stuff to box up. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I mean the timing of it was, I mean, it all happened in one day. Yeah. And before the end of the day. (laughs) So yeah, we received that text message with all of our stuff in boxes to which we were like, Oh, like (laughs) he like this, it's, it's really over. Like this is a this is what yeah. we always knew could possibly happen, and now we're seeing it happen. Um, the girls and I, luckily, were just at my apartment all together getting ready to release the statement, so we were able to just walk across the street because I live across the street from Julius. Right. And, <laughs> I mean, we walked in. All of our stuff was in the main theater area, and he was there, and he, like, ran out of that building and, was, and just said, you can grab your things, and you're welcome to leave, and then just left. So... <laughs> we got in there, we were opening all the boxes oh, we were looking through our stuff. things are obviously missing. Um, various wigs, costume pieces, jewelry, makeup, shoes, all that stuff is missing from all of us. Yeah so we tried to go downstairs to get our things but the cook stopped us and said you couldn't. Um, we couldn't because Eladio told not, him not to let him, anyone down there, which we understand. Um, but do, like can you just feel how petty and how immature? and how it's unprofessional petty and immature all yep, of this, uh-huh. like all of it really is. And yep. so, you know, and, and it was hard. It was, it was hard because, you know, seeing your sisters go through their things in boxes and then having to walk out of an establishment you've been at for 10 years, giving blood, sweat and tears, uh-huh. um, dealing with all the bullshit and then to walk out of there with your th- wigs thrown into a bag and your, you know, things just looking disheveled. Like it just was a surreal feeling, but it was also a huge relief. Yeah. Because it was like, you know what? <laughs> this is how this place has thought of me this entire time. So have it. Yeah. <laughs> you can have it. So um, we released a statement. Of course, since then, it's just been um, a mixture of support, a mixture of confusion, a mixture of people not supporting us. Even people that I thought had our backs from day one are for some reason, not understanding, which is okay, but I just, it's very important to reiterate that we got together to organize, to ask for better pay, better treatment. Yeah. And we're met with a brick wall and then we're immediately fired.
2: Correct. Which has always been his MO essentially, basically is that we're all replaceable. He Mm -hmm. can, you know, we are, we're welcome to leave whenever we want Because he can just find somebody else to do what we do. Well, that's not really the case. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not really the case. Good luck trying to find somebody who's as talented as me, who's going to put up with your bullshit and be as loyal Mm -hmm. as we were for as long as we were. And it doesn't do you any justice to treat people like they're replaceable, especially in this industry, especially in this Mm -hmm. industry i get if you're working at mcdonald's or you're working you know at fucking subway or something yeah anybody can make a fucking burger and a sandwich but like not everybody is gonna have the stage presence i have not everybody can dance the way you dance not everyone can Mm -hmm. can hula hoop the way kwame can hula hoop. you know what i'm saying so like i never understood the mentality of i can replace you it just doesn't it just never really made any sense and And I just, I never, I never understood that. And the problem is, is like, he's going to just keep treating these people the same way. He's got a Mm -hmm. whole, you know, group of people we won't even, you know, like, and he's just going to keep doing that. Like, because it's like you said, you know, after COVID, you guys thought that things were going to change, things were going to get better. Well, nope, back to the same old, same old, you know, which is Mm -hmm. unfortunate because I feel like after COVID, I mean, not that COVID's done, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like after our Mm -hmm. very long quarantine and before things started opening back up and, you know, we, I feel like we all had to evaluate, you know, what was going on in the world and our life and to see somebody not be able to change and figure it out. It's just weird. Like, it's just super weird. But I think we need to go to a break.
0: Yeah, let's go Let's so. go to a quick break real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, I know I've been quiet because I've been really listening to what um, uh, Queen Andrew Scott has been talking about today. And, and I'm, I'm curious, and I have uh, several questions that I, I would like to ask ask you. Ooh. So uh, let's go to a quick break, pay the bills, and <laughs> okay. we'll be right back. Oh, okay. cool.
2: Hey guys, it's Christy Champagne here. I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for being a valued listener and fan of the show. Kwame and I work super hard to bring you this great content, so we truly appreciate your love and support. But if you could do me a quick favor, put that delicious cocktail down for a moment and head over to whatever listening app or website you are listening to us on and give us a rating. It would really help. It only takes a few seconds and it will truly help us out in a big way. If you are listening directly from Pyro Media Network, and send in a quick review via the contact page. Okay, I'm done talking, y'all. Let's get back to the show.
0: And we are back. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget to check out our Mother Network's website, Pyromedia Network, by going to www.pyramedianetwork.com, where you can listen to all of our shows um, and all of our past shows rather and all of uh, the shows that are on the network. So we have, if you were, if you're just tuning in for whatever reason, um, uh, go back and listen to the beginning. <laughs> um, if you have not listened to part one of, uh, of this LaFoe series, then go back and listen to that. Uh, but we've been talking with uh, sure. Queen Andrew Scott, one of the primaries that was fired um, and terminated from uh, LaFoe productions and uh, in the midst of pretty much um, the uh, LaFoe drama that is happening in Seattle, Washington, and in the uh, drag performer community, so I actually had some questions, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Scott, in regards to some things that I'm looking at. I, I'm very careful. For those who don't know, I do have a background in law. <laughs> so <laughs> reading contracts, <laughs> reading contracts and reading, um, um, and double reading things and checking those things are really important to me. So I was looking at some of your demands that you have requested from the owner, uh, uh, Eladio. And mm-hmm. one of them uh, is, re- it's, it's curious to me. Number two, where it says, the mm-hmm. request suspension of the policy that prohibits the performance from performing at other mm-hmm. venues. Now, this is very curious to me because I now for for those who don't know and understand the performer community, yes, for one show yeah. or per show, three hundred dollars mm-hmm. may sound expensive, may sound. For a typical, and hear me out, uh, guys, before you jump on me, <laughs> because I do want, I do want to be fair. Three hundred dollars may sound for for one show for a general show may sound expensive, but my issue with that, or oh, my issue with it not being considered is that it would be different if you were allowed to go to different venues, because then you're mm-hmm. able to collect, you know. 200 here, 100 there, 150 here, 200 there, 300 here, Mm -hmm. you know, and plus tips, you know what I'm saying? So then you could feel comfortable, you know, uh, performing at multiple venues, multiple locations, and then feeling like you got a week's worth of work in, right? right? Mm -hmm. However, you are locked into this particular venue. You're not able to expand your brand your drag persona and your, your, your branding, you're not able to, to bring about brand awareness for Queen Andrew Scott only if you come to this particular venue. And if there's other people who are loyal to their venues, they're never going to see you. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes an issue with the overall look of the drag right. p- um, performer's career. So, you know, in terms of them wanting to, to move forward and, and if you don't already have a name, mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying to build up on top of that name, if you're trying to I don't know, hone your damn skills you know, by, by practicing in different venues and getting different experiences and different, meeting different people um, you would think that if, you know by going out to different areas like okay. you would want to see more of that person yeah. and then what, what that would bring, you know, people to your venue. But that's just me. That sounds like common sense and business my question is why do you think that policy ever existed and why do you think that that's such a hard policy for him to break uh
1: yeah so i mean just to be clear too it, it wasn't the same every time and it wasn't the same for every queen so a right. eladio i mean he would always do this thing where like for example like i don't think christy performed like anywhere hardly while she was
2: barely there <laughs>
1: because i mean of course doing all four shows five shows sometimes a weekend plus being the host yeah there was more restriction. Um, But even on the rest of us primaries over the years, even when we did perform other places, um, it was still like we had to ask. And then sometimes when we did ask, it was like, yeah, you can, but that's the last one. You know what I mean? Like it was that culture of like, you should only be focused on here. And if you don't want to be focused on here, then you can just go somewhere else. So there were some things coming out because I had been doing outside events, um, you know, as I, as quarantine started to lessen. Um, uh-huh. But I was doing those with the knowledge of like, I'm probably going to get yelled at. I'm probably going to get a, a talking to um, because my name is being seen everywhere else now. So, um, but there's that culture of fear. And I was very ready to like quit and be like, you know what? I can't just be at Julia's. I have to be other places. Um, but to kind yeah. of answer your question, the, I, I, it's, a stupid rule in general, in my eyes, because he does not pay nearly enough to keep queens there. Only nor are we contracted. Um, <laughs> nor are we contracted. Yeah. Um. But the the I guess the only short answer I can give is, um, he would tell us I don't like overexposure. If people see you other places, they're not going to want to come here and see you right. here. Yep. So that's all. Yeah. His mindset was. But go ahead, Christie. Mm-hmm.
2: No, no, no. You're absolutely right, and we talked about that in part one. That was literally the the exact response was if they can go and see you at our place or they can go and see you at neighbors or they can go and see you at this private gig why would they want to come to LaFoe essentially what you're saying is if they are going to go to another bar to see you they're not going to come here and give me their money to see you you know that's mm-hmm. essentially what he was saying like why would they why would they come here if they can see you other places well that's
0: dumb but there's a flaw there's a flaw in, in that thinking just right. from a business aspect. i mean we all of know course. we all know it but 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 i think <laughs> from, from from to be fair you know th- there's a i get quote unquote overexposure oversaturation but if LaFoe is supposed to be completely different than the other shows, then you're not getting the, the same Queen Andrew Scott. Because at this, mm-hmm. if, and to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, Queens, because you guys are the 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 experts in this in this field. I'm, I was just a lowly dancer girl, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and you know, I was I was minding my my black ass business, so I was doing <laughs> what I needed to do. But um um to to, to me, how LaFoe was was marketed was that it was a concert recreation and celebrity impersonation show so mm-hmm. it wasn't christy champagne on the stage it wasn't queen andrew scott on the stage it was adele it was selena it was you know mm-hmm. you know uh, janet jackson it was it was Cher. it was you know what i'm saying so it, it was it was an impersonation of a celebrity but when you mm-hmm. guys are going to other venues you're then taking your your persona as Queen Andrew Scott or Chrissy campaign and then dancing doing performing to whatever you want to do but it's not like you're emulating what you're singing or, right. or, or lip syncing
2: yeah right so yeah. Well,
0: I I, right. I don't understand the... okay maybe it makes maybe I'm a sense to make that no 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 that's, it just, that, that's yeah. exactly
2: it it's like we it, even if we did do gigs outside of uh, Julia's we weren't doing the things that we did on that stage. So it makes no sense for you not to allow us to do other things. Now, sure. If these people request an an impersonation or they specifically say like, Oh yeah, I want a LaFoe number. Most of the time they would go through him to get that. So there were times where we got gigs where we were doing LaFoe numbers for things. But if I wanted to go to a venue on my own and do my own numbers why is that so difficult for you to allow me to do, you know, like it doesn't make any sense. Like it
1: it never made sense. And I, I mean, I, (laughs) it's, it's also very interesting too, because I mean, it's not like we're RuPaul girls, you know, where we're like on TV and all over Instagram, like you can't oversaturate a local queen. You know what I mean? Like these venues are here for us to spread our name out there to, to, to increase yep. our followers and to get yeah. better at drag as we do it. So yeah. by staying in one location for you know ten years plus, it people don't even get to yeah. know who you are with all that control. Yeah,
0: yeah. and then they, and they mm-hmm. may only see you as who you're impersonating at phone not who you are as 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 a drag artist. And so that 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 becomes concerning. Mm-hmm. So when you're put into these situations, I know I can only speak from my experience. I can't speak for yours. I can't speak for Christie's, but I do know that one thing that all three of us have in common is that we were in the same cast at, at, at one point in time, all together. And I do remember, um, uh, for me, being stressed out a lot. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I do remember, you know, being like, you know, at one point, you know, and I want to say it was probably towards the end of when I was leaving the second time yeah. um, that I was, was, was beyond stressed out. No, I don't think it was before I left the second time. Cause, but after I left the second time, I was very calm and at peace with everything. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that I left um, right before that. I felt very overwhelmed. I was doing, stage management for the Sunday brunch and the, um, the, uh, uh, sometimes LaFoe when, you know, certain people will call out or get sick or whatever. And then there was, was, um, uh, then I was also a dancer, a backup dancer. And then I was also the hoop artist. And then I was also helping. Um, I was also helping the restaurant at times I was working there. So there was a lot going on. Um, and then I was dealing with personal stuff that, you know, you guys obviously were privy to yeah. because I was close to you guys at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it, it, it felt at times when we were having rehearsal that it was like constant bashing, <laughs> you know, um, there was yeah. never a conversation. It was more of like, this is what you're doing wrong. Um, and one thing that I I have learned in my little years of growth uh, since leaving is that a lot of times people forget to take accountability for what they put into the situation. But yeah. most importantly, and I'm not saying that, you know, when situations arose that it was all, you know, um, uh, uh, the owner's fault. I'm not saying that. Yeah. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is that there's also there's one thing with taking accountability, which is that's an individualistic thing. But there's also another thing by acknowledging someone's pain or issue. Or feelings, and sometimes people just want to know that you at least acknowledge that they're going yeah. through something, or that they that that something that you said or did, and 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 in in your experience with them, um, has offended them or hurt them in some way, shape, or form. That they they feel that there is a safe space for them to have a conversation with you, in. Mm-hmm. and 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 that is something that I felt was extremely lacking in the lafau cast there was not a safe space um uh, to to have conversations with certain people there and in addition to that there was fuel being spread in terms of uh, in terms of the camaraderie between the cast, there was times where I think even you and I uh, uh, got, got into like a we're not talking to each other right now because you know a said that you know um, he said this and she said that and all this stuff, and then oh it got to a point where and <laughs> I think when when Renato got there, it got to a point when 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 we all looked at each other, we're like, girl, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: but that was I. I can only speak from from the dancers' aspect, and then I know when you joined in yeah. with the primaries, there was so much toxicity there, and it was poured oh into like yeah. he dealt less with, in, as far as I'm concerned, um, or I knew he dealt less with the dancers in terms of spewing stuff in there. Um, uh, but I saw oh, yeah. a lot more. Um, uh, spewing and, and trying to, to cause conflict and, and, and um, right. trying to, to pit people against each other. Right. First of all, Christy was apparently the devil. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it didn't matter what Christy did; it was like Christy was evil. You know what I mean? And so, but, but then, but then he would go and 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 I I remember, I remember specifically this particular day, and I. I and some people might say, oh, Kwame, you were being messy. No, I wasn't being messy. I was telling my friend what was going on. Um, because I remember I was cleaning up in the um, the dressing room downstairs before. I don't know, you guys, there was a change and stuff that happened in terms of the an upgrade and where the dressing rooms are now. But where I, where, where, where I was cleaning up in there and nobody knew I was in there. Uh, And so Eladio was there talking to another, uh, uh, another queen um, and I just got really quiet and I, you know, I was going to announce myself there, but they were already in the middle of like, I'm going to, you know, have a middle a a conversation. And I understood where this particular queen was coming from because there was a concern. If you see Mm -hmm. prospectively from, 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 from a third-party perspective, it may look like Christy got a lot of attention and got a lot of new dresses and all that stuff, whatever. But it wasn't like Christy was making mm-hmm. her dresses. It wasn't like Christy was making the decision to, to have those dresses. And that's what a lot of the queens didn't know, mm-hmm. is that... These dresses that were being made, these things that were that that Christie had to wear, mm. were things that a lot of you were telling um, uh, him to wear. So it wasn't like you know he made the decision you know to do um, to, to, to 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 do that. Wow. So I say all that because like I feel like that is a huge issue, you know, and and I'm looking at patterns. You know, I'm saying I'm I'm gonna be very mm-hmm. objective, you know, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of this show, um, yeah. and and I do want to let people know that um, that we did book um, a interview with um, with the owner of of Lefaux Productions, um, and so we're gonna be speaking. Um, of, well, I'm gonna <laughs> be speaking with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be speaking with him because I know that um, Christy didn't feel comfortable um, uh, speaking uh, with him and I, and I, I support Chrissy as my, my co-host and as my friend, yeah. um, 150%, and, um, uh, and I did not want to bring, um, uh, him on uh with, with while you were on here because I wanted you to have the opportunity to again feel like you're in the same space and I will offer him that opportunity to, to feel like he's in the same space and he can say what he needs to say and get what he needs off his chest. And I'm going to ask him questions just like I asked you. Yeah. Um but my, my I guess my overall purpose is that in, in saying all of that and my question to you Andrew Scott is is what would be your ideal situation and what were some of the main issues in terms of the environment that was created for you. Um, and the space that was created for you to operate in that you feel like should have been different? Because I'm sure it wasn't just the money.
1: No, definitely not. Um, I mean, it all stemmed... So when I won the competition at Julia's when I very first started drag in 2013, um, The Face, I had won the competition along with um, Cherry Marcos. We won together. And the whole plan was for us to become the next impersonators and to have our own numbers. And like that was what the deal was. But like four other girls were hired from that competition and they all got numbers before me. And I was kind of thrown into this weird role where I was only a queen for the first number and then had to take my makeup all off and then just be a dancer for the rest of the show, which is a lot of hard work. And so it was in that moment that I, I realized I was like, Oh, like, there really is no investment in this. It's more of just whatever the owner wants. (laughs) So um, it didn't make me feel very valued. It didn't, it didn't make me feel um, like I was going to get anywhere unless I kissed ass or um, played by those rules. And so, I mean, that was only a year after I had really joined. So from there, I just kept my head sort of in a level place to where I was like, I don't want to cause too much trouble and speak up but then I also don't want to not care too much but I witnessed so many things happen to other dancers and other queens and it just kind of piled on top you know as the years go and the reason you really stay at Julia's is because you love to perform and because you love your family that's there that's really the reason you stay yeah um just so everyone knows, because people, you know, 10 years is a long time. I'm like, yeah, and I, I was in and out and I saw a lot of mistreatment, but right. I was really there for the people and for the stage. Yeah. It just, it felt like walking on eggshells. It felt like, you know, you couldn't ask certain questions or else you'd get yelled at. Yeah. You never knew what the feel of the show is, was going to be depending on how he was reacting. And then you are completely correct in that the culture was, and I I include myself with this too. There was just pettiness and cattiness and people harping on each other because it stems from the ownership it stems from how that person operates and how they want their business to operate and that's just the kind of person that he has shown us to you know that he is and as much as he wants to say oh I don't care about drama he's the one that brings it up all the time so yeah it it just it just wasn't it wasn't what it was supposed to be and it stifled our creativity. I mean, it shows every person that leaves Julia's flourishes. (laughs) They expand, they get on RuPaul's drag race. They start their own businesses. Like it's, it's pretty evident that, and and for lack of a better term, it's kind of like a a cage.
2: Oh yeah, no, that's really true. And, it's just unfortunate. It, it's unfortunate because in its heyday, it was great and in, in, in it was a, a really awesome place to be. And I think just over the years, just the little things add up and the little things happen and it just kind of snowballed into this really toxic environment, like in so many aspects, like so many aspects. So I'm just very proud that you guys stood up and and walked away and we're like, this is my value and I'm going to live in it. And if you can't appreciate my value, then we're going to go. Yeah. And we're going to take our talents somewhere else. And I, I'm just very proud that you guys did that.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I just wanted to say too, real quick, um, I'm just really proud of all my sisters from Julia's. They've, they've been so yes. strong and they have been keep, we keeping each other in check in terms of our mental health emotional health and just really supporting each other. And we're getting reached out, you know, to by the community to put on new shows and getting a lot of gigs. So I'm just really, really proud of them and proud of the decision each of them made to stand together. And I love the community for supporting us and both of you as well.
0: Incredible. Yes. Well, thank you so much, so much, uh, 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 Queen Queen Andrew Scott for coming on the show. (laughs) Um, Of course. It's, it's, I'm, saddened that this happened to you but I'm also happy that you kind of have a sense of of freedom and 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 you're able to kind of spread your wings a a bit so good luck to you the rest of the queens that um have departed uh from Lafoe and 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 I hope I pray um that this is an opportunity for growth um within that production company, um an opportunity for because mm-hmm. I don't wish anybody any harm. I don't wish anybody um failure right. or anything like that. I truly want people to grow and learn from their yes. mistakes. And if they don't, you just see it just it just is what it is. Um, but I do I do pray right um that that something will be will snap and 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 and, and, and click, you know, a little light bulb will come up, you know? Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, But yes, but thank you guys Agreed. so much. This has been another fabulous episode of I Rather Not Podcast. Oh, um, Okay. <laughs> so, um, thank what? you guys for listening. Don't forget, you can go on to www.pyramedianetwork.com to check out all of our past episodes, as well as some of our sister and brother uh, shows on the network. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'll say. This has been a, a really interesting um part two there is going to be a final part three in this trilogy um and so i'm looking forward to uh, well i don't know if i'm looking forward to it i'm i'm, I'm interested yeah. to see how this shit's gonna go but you know um but uh we'll see how it goes yeah. girls <laughs> i'll keep Not you hard. posted
1: right, power, <laughs> right. <power> to you. <laughs> so
0: um but you know as they say what do we say when, when you know when when life gets you down christy
2: Oh, well, Andrew, I'm not sure if you know this, but when life gets you down, we just tell people, uh, I'd rather not.
0: Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, you guys. Oh, what a wonderful cheeky.